Welcome back to Tommy Talks, episode six. This week, I'm joined by the Fremantle legend, Matthew Pavlidge. Everyone over in Melbourne, where I grew up, you probably don't talk about this bloke enough, if I'm honest. 353 games, 700 goals, six doig BNF wins, which is, to be honest, I finished top 10 one year and... What a little bonus Paul Connors put in the contract. Thank you, Paulie. But anyway, this bloke's won six. Eight-time leading goal kicker. Six-time All-Australian. Six. One from fullback. Five from the cage up forward. I mean, try doing that. Playing on the big fellas and then going and showing them how to kick sausages and winning six of them. Oh, my God. The list goes on. But this is a great chat. You see the real path. We talk about his career. And we have a great laugh late. There's a story about the barbershop. I has me just crying every time he tells me it. So I'm glad the big fella shared it because it's just, uh, it's hilarious and I can't wait for you to listen. Enjoy the show and uh, I can't wait to uh, see what you all think. Well, great man. Welcome to Tommy Talks. Sorry about the uh, technical issues. <laughs> all good. Um, mate, thanks for having us. This is, this is the HQ for Pickstar. It is, yeah, here in Perth at least. Uh, the main team's back in, in South Australia, but uh, yeah, this is where I do my, my business. Got a bunch of school dads and, and mates um, next door. Um, it's a good little hub actually, so got a, a medicinal uh, marijuana business. There's a, a software company, or a couple of software companies, um, and a guy who kind of works stealth. He comes in, he must be working for a family office or something because he, he runs his own hours, does whatever he likes. He's hardly, he's hardly here. Yeah. Um, it's a good gig, I think, if you can get that one. The work from home thing has thrown up so many. Yeah. Well, I spoke to someone yesterday and they're like, going to the office now, they reckon it's not efficient because they get caught in too many conversations. Mm. And then they get home and they're like, all right, now that I've done work from home previously, they just smash out stuff to all hours. It's funny how now people are just going, oh, I'll just... I'll come in tomorrow because I'm yeah. going to stay at home today. I think everyone's just worked out that you can you can do a lot a lot more and be you know very very productive by doing it at home. If you've got kids, nightmare. Yeah. Can't get any work done. Yeah, 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 <laughs> so yeah. I wouldn't. I mean, most people would um, understand if you've got kids, there's no chance of doing any work at home. But um, that's why I've got this little setup. <laughs> really. But um, but now our kids are getting you know. Uh, certainly our, our two older ones, Harper and Jack, are in full-time school. Will still is, is in kindy. So. Yeah. Um, but no, totally. I think everyone's worked out that flexibility and pro- um, productivity haven't really... Um, they, they can go hand in hand. Yeah. No, it's fascinating. I, uh, I'll, I'll, the way we'll structure today, I was saying we'll go back to go forward. Yep. Um, I'm going to give you a good lick here. The, the big thing for me is being a Victorian, I feel like I'm a bit of a hybrid, probably like yourself. You're an, um, a passionate SA man. Um, and obviously lived here pretty much half your life. The thing in Victoria is, and even I know this because I grew up, you know, barracking for the Bombers and, and more Victorian teams, but if you're, in, if you're in Victoria, you would be talked about much more, obviously, obviously spoken so highly in, across the board, but these numbers I'm about to, I'm going to pop them out now. So I just made sure that I Googled them so I didn't make a mistake. Um, you played 353 games, and I remember playing in the last one, and we'll get to that later. Incredible. 700 goals, which is so good that you got 700, because I reckon 699 would have done your head in, would have done my head in. Six-time BNF, so the Doig medal, which is massive. Um, eight-time leading goal kicker. Incredible. But six All-Australians. 
Three Ross Glendenning medalists, which is best on ground, West Coast game for anyone out there that doesn't know that. But six All-Australians. And the best part about that is you won one from full back and you've won majority from the forward line. Like that is, that, that is, that is incredible. And you're a skipper from 2017 to 2015. Just that in a nutshell, man, that is, it's, um, it's something that when you play with someone, you, you know how, you know, I knew how good you were, but I was saying to you, like when we were having a few beers a few weeks ago, you don't realize the impact that you have on younger guys and people around you. And you probably, I reckon now you've probably gone, that was a, was a good career. Like it's a, <laughs> that is a, I, I, yeah, I mean, incredible. you don't, I mean, when it's read out, it's, it's quite embarrassing. I guess you don't really, um, you know, when you and I loved footy when we were younger, right? <clears throat> run around the backyard, run around the front yard, down there with your mates. All you wanted to do was get a kick and have fun with your, have fun with your friends. Yeah. Um, and then when you, you get drafted, it's, you know, it's all encompassing early days. It, it's, and we'll, we'll get to a few stories. And particularly when you move into state, you and I share that challenge that, you know, you haven't got that support network around. So you're just hoping to get a game when you first start. And then when you sort of find your feet and you're playing semi-regularly, um, then you're expecting to, to get a game. And then after a little period of time, you expect to play well. Um, and maybe my journey to expecting to play well happened a bit earlier than, than others. But, you know, I, I was just so keen to just squeeze every last ounce of potential out of my body and my mind. Um, and I guess a, a byproduct of that is you know, all the stuff you just read out. Um, but no, look, I, I'm really proud of, of what I did at Frio and, and what we built as a, as a group uh, and what we eventually you know, um, almost got to. So um, yeah, all those things are nice, but just a byproduct of trying your backside off. Yeah, it really is. But the thing that's impressive, and I know you say it's embarrassing because you're a team man and you you you, you trade it all in for, for the flag, but it's you've done it like you've done it hard as well. Like we'll go, we're going we're gonna to touch on how hard it was early days at Freo, um, but yeah, to do it from fullback, full forward, and then well, I guess it, and so you know the, that flexibility you talk about like nowadays kids that get drafted that that ability to play all over the ground. Um, so I played, you know, mainly forward and in the middle when I was a younger kid coming through the system, but I also played centre-half back and full-back in my underage, under-18 year. So I guess, you know, having that all-ground ability gives you empathy when you're talking to other <laughs> players at yeah. different, you know how hard it is to yeah. defend, you know why forward pressure is actually pretty important. Yeah, 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 or yeah. why, you know, a, a scrubby kick out of a, a clearance makes it a lot easier for defenders as compared to waltzing out and, and lace out. So you get that em empathy piece. And plus, you know, when you become leader, you get a real understanding of how the game's played by, by having played all those positions. So, I mean, I played on some guns, like some of the all-time best full forwards and centre-half forwards, like Matthew Richardson, Matthew Lloyd, David Neitz, Warren Treadrade, John wow. Brown, wow. when I was playing yeah, in defence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you learn, you learn some great stuff when you go back. Did you have any of them boys kick a bag on yeah. you? Yeah, totally. Treaders, Treaders kicked six on us once yep. when, when Port were up and flying. Uh, Richo, I played Richo um, at the MCG and kept him to two goals to three-quarter time. And then uh, we were sort of in the game, maybe a couple of goals down at three-quarter time, and Chris Connolly, the coach, said, right, into the middle, like, let's, let's win this game. Um, we lost the first three set of square clearances. Richo kicks three. Oh, <laughs> and, then, and then I go back onto him, oh. uh, and I think he got one more. So, I mean, technically, he kicked seven. Yeah. <laughs> There's nothing worse, because even um, me, and, me and Kevin Suckwith used to always talk about it. We'd play high defence, yeah. and it's a, it's a match-up thing, and you're playing like... 
you're more the running back and if someone kicks a goal the camera goes straight to the straight to the pair and you're like I don't want to stand next, and you might not be on him, but it's like, I don't want to stand next to Cyril, he just kicked another one. Yeah, that's changed a bit right now because team defence, and yes, there's the, it, it's mainly the, um, the gun small forward and the gun key forward and the backs. Like, there, there's really only two matchups. The rest yeah. you just slide and, and shift and change yeah. these days. But yeah, back in the day, I remember playing a Friday night, uh, 2000, my first year, Friday night. So the Bombers, you would have been yeah. following the Bombers. Yeah. Lost one game for the year. Friday night game, 50,000 Bombers at Telstra Dome back then. <clears throat> I was playing on Lloydy in the goal square and he stood on the goal line. Oh, wow. And everyone else like just cleared out. And there was no um, you know, zone off or, or roll. So it was just one-on-one. Oh, wow. I remember thinking, you know, I've got no chance of stopping this guy because the ball is going to come lace out. Oh, man, it's so, so it was space. the scariest. It was one of the scariest moments and loneliest moments. Um, I remember early early days playing fullback. Do you think players should do, should be doing more of that now, coming through the system, playing back for maybe a year or two, and then and then going forward, yeah. or do you think just chuck them forward and let them understand the game from a you know from film? So I've got we've got two young kids at the moment playing you know soccer and netball and basketball and footy and everything and. Like giving them the opportunity to learn different positions and understand the game and patterns and movement is really important. So whether, yes, you have to sort of narrow down by the time you're getting to under 16s and under 18s, but even at that point, um, the more you can show your coach you're versatile and can, if you're not getting a kick forward, but hey, put me in the middle, I can do a few things there, or hey, I can actually go and help play on a particular player who's dominating up forward. Um, that gives the team so much variety. So, I mean, I'm a big advocate for it all the way through your juniors to play different positions. Um, but when you know, you're getting closer to draft age, obviously you have to define yourself as, well, I'm a key forward or I'm a running back or I'm a, I'm a midfielder or whatever it may be. Yeah, spot on. Um, as we spoke about earlier, like huge essay, Sacred Heart was, the, was school. Um, what are your memories of Sacred Heart? Because we've actually got a funny story that Sam Harkin, I don't know if you remember, but he actually owns my life and he's a good friend of ours. He's got a story about you that's all positive. He remembers one day they were playing you in school footy. I can't remember what school Sam plays for. He, Was know, it Ross Trevor? They were our main rivals, perhaps. I'll, fi- I'll find out, um, Sammy, you, you meant to call me back, Sammy. <laughs> Getting all the dirt on you. But I'm glad Gina let us, let us know. One day you're playing school footy, pack crowd, the noise is, this bloke is a, is a weapon, yourself. So everyone's tuned in and I, I don't know, the crowd's quite big at school footy games. Some of the, some of the big intercollegiate matches and yeah. we used to play Assumption College and also yeah, right. Xavier or Marcelin largely. Yeah, so we yeah. used to have yeah, big crowds for those. I can't believe how big they are. And then they reckon all the hype, let's see how good he is. You've, you've kicked 12 goals and they reckon every single one of them for about 50. <laughs> I think there's a bit of mayo on that. Oh, no mayo, they reckon, no mayo. I remember in year 10, um, so in year 10, I'd sort of, you know, our school, a bit, bit, bit bizarre, but you had a, um, a middle school for both boys and girls from year six to nine. So we went and did that, you know, played in the year nine A's and all that kind of stuff, and then got to the senior school. And um, I think you either got invited down or there was a, you know, to the pre-season, you know, first 18 thing. And so was doing all the training and obviously, you know, trying my best and, we, we played a couple of trial games and sort of, you know, kicked a couple of goals and, and did all right. And then we played Marcelin in the, so it was the opening game of the season. All, so Marcelin College came across to Adelaide and, you know, there was debating and, and um, um, you know, hockey and, and tennis and everything. It was just a big sort of thing. It was a great, great 
uh, awesome thing to be a part of. And it culminated with the game of footy on the, on the Sunday Arbor. And I happened to kick seven in this game and I was like, okay, this is like, yeah, I, I think I, I know what I'm doing here. And then sort of not long after that, I, I think we played St. Peter's out at St. Peter's, which is Lockie Neal's school, Phil Davis. And they were always, um, so they're eastern suburbs, we're western suburbs. And it was always a bit of a, um, a thing and, and was able to get on, on the end of a few. And this guy was like, I, I sort of kicked a bunch in the first half and this guy just came but was just looking to smash me <laughs> at that point on this big sort of border and then um and then it was yeah that year that really sort of i guess gave me confidence to move forward is that like were you a were you a big kid were you mad yeah. like did you just were you just incredibly dominant as a as a um i don't remember being that dominant until sort of that year or, or beyond that at, at school i just loved playing yeah. like um, I was always a, a bigger type yeah. of kid, pretty tall and, and pretty solid. But um, I loved. But I grew up playing cricket and soccer and um, tennis and basketball and golf. Like you know, sport was just yeah. a thing in, in our household. Dad and his brothers played in the SNFL. Um, but all both sides of our families were always just so, as in mum and dad's, also active. And we had we had friend, family friends of ours that lived around the corner, four boys. Um, and so sport was life, really. It's, you just reminded me of a story um, when when you retired. I remember doing my little skit package on you. Um, oh, yeah. And I remember the video Reedy sent in of the, <laughs> of the cricket where you, if anyone out there doesn't know, Reedy, you know, he's a smaller lad, bit chirpy. You just wouldn't want to get bowled by this guy. And he's, uh, yeah. I've got the bit, so the, the tape on the ball, you know, the big in-swing of to try to get On film as well, like back in the day. And, he, and you've okay. spat the dummy and thrown <laughs> through the, the bat. <laughs> and we played it in front of the group and, oh, we're in tears. So Skinnies weren't a strong point at that point yeah. either from memory, so. Um, no, no, very funny. But no, so yeah, it was, yeah, reading and then the Floriani boys lived just around the corner as well. So yeah. it was always outdoors and playing. So yeah, that was my childhood. Yeah, it's awesome, nothing better. And then you go, um, 1999 is the draft. You go pick four. Yep. Remind me, because uh, I found this, that Adam Morgan, did yep. he go pick three to Port? No, so Aaron Fiora went to Richmond at pick three, but Adam Morgan and Ken McGregor went the previous year. So. Previous year. So I was, yeah, year 11, I'd played um, underage, under 18, and played a fair bit of um, for SA in defence and nominated for the draft, along with... So Kenny played up forward that year, uh, who went to the Crows. Nominated for the draft. At the back end of that year, I actually had like a fair, you know, I was playing all these different sports. I had OP, so I sort of missed a little bit of the back end of the year. Anyway, um, <clears throat> uh, yeah, sort of put the name in the draft, hoping to get drafted by one of the Adelaide clubs. At that point, you can only take one 17-year-old, and Port took Adam Morgan in the 30s, and uh, Adelaide took Kenny in about the 70s or 80s. So I missed out, um, you know, got on with life, did year 12, and then yeah, following year. Picked up by by Frio, um, leading into the draft. I played sort of a year of, of SNFL in year 12. <clears throat> um, Josh Fraser went number one to, to the Pies. Yeah, Hayes, Paul Hayes would be yeah, two to, to Frio. Aaron Fiora, three to Richmond. And then yeah, myself and Lee Brown. Um, Brownie, what a man. He came across to, came across to Frio. That's fascinating. Are you grateful looking back now going, I'm so glad that I got another year of school, 
and all that. And then obviously now you set yourself up over here. You've got to be happy with that. Yeah, yeah totally. Um, I mean, at the time I was devastated. I wanted to you know, stay in Adelaide and, and play at either one of the, the Adelaide clubs, particularly I was a Crow supporter growing up. But um, what it did do, and I'm sure you'll attest to this, it makes you grow up so much quicker and it forces you into situations that are pretty uncomfortable oh, yeah. um, and that are hard. Um, and it kind of, it, you have to dig deep in yourself to, to work through those, particularly when I first got here, you know, the club wasn't where it needed to be. So, um, yeah, no, it, I'm, I'm very grateful and it's, it shaped me to the person I am now. Um, and, you know, here I am 21 years later, three kids, Lauren, and sort of doing stuff in business and media. So, I'm, yeah. yeah, I'm very, very happy. Oh, it's a beautiful place. It's very similar. I was like, you know, meant to go to Essendon and... Freo snapped me three picks before, and I was like, I've never been, I've never even been at WA. So I rolled in, and like, I had no idea. It was a bit slow when I got here. I remember they didn't have Sunday trading and all that kind of stuff, which I'm sure you yes, remember. Yeah. <laughs> I thought we got Yeah, I know. Very, very relaxed, which we do love. Um, well, let's get into it. So you got picked up um, by Freo. What are you, we've, you know, there's a, there's a very famous story where there's talk about your first training session. Do you want to touch on that one? Yeah, so, um, yeah, firstly, excited but devastated when your name gets called out and you're, you're going across the the other side of the country like that was um a challenge but then um i think we there was a it's a bit different to when you got drafted tommy sort of 10 15 years later in that you know you're basically on the plane the next day right or, yeah, or thereabouts <clears throat> i think there was a, a period of a couple of weeks between the draft and when i first got to, to perth and so you know, finish year 12 and as you do, you go to schoolies and <laughs> do the whole thing with your mates. Yeah, I missed that. And missed so, that. Um, you know, we had a great time down there and came back and, you know, it was, it was speaking to the club about, oh, when are you going to come across and we're going to set you up with the family and started to, you know, speak to the fitness guys and all that and then um, landed on a Sunday night <coughs> uh, here in Perth and, uh, you know, into the, the host family's house in, in Winthrop and um, training was, you know, the next day, the Monday. And so Paul Hazeby comes around, picks us up, off we go to Aquinas College. Because at that stage, Freo didn't have really a base. Um, uh, we were training out of the old um, grandstand underneath where, where Springer's gym, gym is. Yeah, yeah. That was our meeting room, our physio room, our doctor's room, our weights room. Like it was, yeah, it, it was backwards really for an AFL team. Yeah. Um, and we'd train at Freo Oval, but we'd also use the South Fremantle change room so you know we didn't really have a base <clears throat> um and it was yeah, that, that was a part of you know the issue i think early days about actually having a a spot to go and train and do our business but um so aquinas college off we go it was one of those you know warm perth mornings uh, in the summer where it gets you know 35 degrees <laughs> before nine o'clock and then the sea breeze comes in and cools everything down but um uh yeah and there was no screening it was just like all right mate here's let's go let's start warming up and and into it so we you know, we do about 90 minutes of ball work and I'm just, you know, day one of any job ever, take, take yourself back to that moment, but particularly in a job where you, it's, this is all you've wanted to do ever. And so I was just like, I wanted to impress. I'm running through like, you know, million miles an yeah. hour and sweating profusely and got to the end of this ball, uh, the ball work and uh, the running coach, Jimmy Bridal, came over and said, great session, boys, coaches, you know, what are you got to say? All right, um, we've got six 1K time trials. Oh. And I sort of was like, geez, okay, I wonder if I'm going to get, am I out of this? I'm in this? Sure enough, away we go. We're doing these 1Ks. So two laps of Aquinas College. <clears throat> and um, I get through, so I'm running with key position players. We get through the first four pretty well. 
The fifth one, I start to like really struggle. I'm dropping off the back. I'm just chugging away, like just hanging on. I cross the finish line and you know, start seeing stars, have a big spew. <laughs> and and um, I'm like, you know, wipe and spew away from my mouth. And Jimmy comes over and he says, oh, mate, do you reckon you can do one more? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, of course, I'm fine, I'm fine. I'm sort of wiping everything off. And yeah, it was like one of those things where you get about a minute off between each one. So up to the start line again and off we go. And I, I still vividly remember the group like running away. <laughs> it, it felt like I hadn't left the starting line. And I'm like, okay, just hang in there, hang in there, just two laps. <clears throat> I get about two thirds the way around the first lap and I was battling, I was struggling so much. But I, and I had this overwhelming feeling as if I was running closer and closer to the ground, just this weird feeling. Teammates who now relive the tale say it was like I was going down an escalator. <laughs> Collapsed, passed out. And the next thing I remember is um, waking up in Murdoch Hospital, intensive care. Apparently, you know, Boyley and Stephen Platt and um, the guys had driven out. They ran out there and then they drove the property van out there because I was obviously overheating. Um, threw me in the back of the property van, <laughs> tore down Quinana Freeway to Murdoch Hospital and handed me over to the staff. Um, Boyley was, Boyley says, you know, he could hardly feel my pulse and he was he was really stressed yeah, that something yeah. bad was gonna happen, but um, maybe that's why we've got a strong connection, Jeff and I. <laughs> yeah, 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 definitely. If anyone knows Jeff's the physio, he's a good man. Um, that is, I mean, you look back now, the players, I mean, when we were just, when we got there, it was like, you boys do like 25%, 50%. So it's, and cause your mindset is, I'm not pulling out. I've got it yeah. day one, I've got to impress. And you're, totally. the funny well, thing is, but like, I was so embarrassed, right? I was, so you know, you're meeting guys for the first time coming into hospital properly. And then, um, uh, you know, I felt like I was, uh, yeah, I was just completely embarrassed, but what, I probably didn't know at the time, and I look back and think about now and speak to teammates, they go, oh, geez, at least you dug in, at least you gave yeah. your all. Yeah. Um, and you know, the, the respect I gained day one was something that I didn't appreciate at the time, but yeah. down the track, I, I learned yeah. that um, yeah, it was actually classic. I'd do anything for you boys. <laughs> and it's actually, yeah, it would be scary now looking back. Yeah, yeah it's, it's a scary moment. Going into, because um, I wasn't there, it's really hard for me to touch on, like I'll be able to touch 2012 onwards, we can get right into it. but. Give me a little bit of a snippet. 2000 to 2012 is a long time. You won a lot of all Australians and you did a lot of great things. But what were the highlights through that period and, and how was the club shaping? Because um, there's that classic derby fighting, you know, like actually yeah. that's the Gardner footage actually. What was, how old were you there? Because we brought, we always- uh, uh, That was the end of my first year, um, 18. Yeah, right. So that's, yeah, geez, he's an intimidating man. So that's when they were, you know, we used to get bullied by West Coast and now it's, we, I think we might be nearly even, but what was it like through the early days at Freo with, with like you said, with yeah. no home base? Yeah, no home base, um, you know, underperforming for a long period of time. Uh, you know, I got to the club in their sixth year and they hadn't played in the finals and, you know, there'd been some improvement, but, you know, they went to that draft and got Hayes, myself and, and Brownie. Um, and they went to the, the previous draft and got Justin Longmuir. <clears throat> um, and then, you know, it was about going to the draft and getting young talent and, and improving. And then we saw a rapid sort of um, climb through that period from when I first got there. Um, 2001 was a really, really challenging year. We, we hardly won a game. And then 20, uh, 2002, I think eight or nine wins, and then into the finals, 15 wins in 2003. I think we finished fifth. Um, and it was on the back of like, yeah, young, 
you know, group coming through together with a couple of senior heads. Um, and it was a really, it was a great ride through that period. Um, I still remember, you know, we were down at Frio Oval on the Tuesday night. It felt like there was 20,000 people coming down to training. It might have only been about five or 10, but um, leading into that first final. So, you know, we, we achieved a lot. Like there was things where we were, you know, we'd never won in Sydney. We'd never, um, you know, we'd never beaten certain teams in the MCG. We uh, never won um, in Adelaide. Like we yeah. were just ticking off all these things as a young group together. Never played finals, and so you know we we ended up losing to the Bombers uh, in that in that final in 2003. But <clears throat> learned a lot of lessons and and grew. And I guess through that period, yeah, you're right. Sort of gaining respect was really important, not only from from the Eagles, but from everyone, from the competition about, you know, we're here to play and we actually want to stand for something. And I guess it culminated in that year of 2006 where won nine games in a row the back end of the season, uh, stormed into a prelim against Sydney and, and narrowly went down uh, up there in, in Sydney. So, yeah, it, it was... Um, I, I mean, we should have played more finals in that period between 04 and 05. We, were, we had lots of injuries and, and other bits and pieces going on. But... Um, yeah, and I'm really proud of that group that I, I guess, first started with and then um, had a different, you know, iteration when, uh, even before your time with the likes of Matty DeBoer and Sonny and Subes and uh, Clarkie and everyone got drafted at the end of 2008. <clears throat> and then we, we sort of, and then the following year, Fifey and Mora and yeah. you guys came not long after that. Sort of, we, we went on that ride again with, a, again, with a, a couple of senior heads trying to, to sort of steer the ship. So... Um, yeah, really, really enjoyed that period. But yeah, the, the gaining respect thing, like Dale Kickett, Shorty Mack, Shane Parker, um, you know, Belly, a lot of these guys uh, had just had enough. And so they were, right, oh, let's, you know, line of the sand, let, let's, let's make a stand. Mm. Yeah, it's well, it's well documented. But what, um, what position were you playing through those years? Oh, a bit of everywhere. So I started, I, I really started as a key forward and then uh, played a little bit of both sort of back and forward in that early stage of my career. And then Chris Connolly came along and said, um, um, we want to play you at centre-half back and then you know, we'll use you in the middle from time to time. And then that turned into more of a... So Adam Larkin was our, our training coach. And at that point, it, we were like running on track and we we're doing lots of Olympic lifting. And my guess, you know, my body type was more about repeat effort rather than longer endurance stuff. And so... Um, and we started using the bench. Like, you know, if you look at the stats, <clears throat> I think the average bench sort of time or like rotations was like 20 odd in 2001, 2002, you know, whatever it is now, 100 or was yeah. it 90? Um, like, yeah, so, but it, it, we started using the bench a bit more about sort of high intensity running. And so they were like, oh, we'll, we'll use you in the middle. So sort of played half forward and, and in the middle a bit. So, and then, um, you know, for different reasons, eventually settled as a, as a key forward around 05, 06, so, yeah. yeah. What was your best year between those those years? Sure. It's probably um, hard to identify when you're playing different posies, but... Probably, um, probably the prelim year um, when I played predominantly centre-half forward yeah. was, a, was a good year. Uh, I don't know what it eventuated in, but yeah, had a, had a strong year that year. 05, the, the year before that was was pretty solid as well. But yeah, it's sort of hard to, to work out. I, the prelim year was great because we, we were a very good team. We had senior guys, but a, a lot of young crew coming through as well. Um, and to be on that ride together and to be playing playing pretty well, it's, yeah. uh, it's a good time. It is, it is. And we get to later on, because I, I, there's nothing like winning. As I, looking back on my career, I was like, 
it's so hard when you're losing and, you, and it's so like, you know, it's so thorough training. You gotta be fully invested, but when you start losing consistently, mm. it's hard. So yeah, there's nothing, there's nothing better than that grind. I guess um, <clears throat> as I, that, this is where we'll probably start touching on it, but uh, oh, this is another fun fact I found out. Your first two kicks were two yeah, goals. Two goals. How many people in that category? I don't know. There's, um, Daniel Metropolis had something who played for, for West Coast. I think he had like either four or six or something. Really? His first, yeah, like ridiculous. That's funny. Yeah. Um, I don't know how many. It's got to be rare. <clears throat> I, so that was a childhood dream. Like, so Tony Modra was God in, in Adelaide growing up. Like, yeah. you know, kicked bags of goals, stood on blokes' heads, yeah. um, kicked miraculous goals. He, he was incredible. Um, and I got to play alongside him in my first AFL game in the forward pocket next yeah, to him. Yeah. I was like, wow, how, this is pretty cool. And somehow, the first set of bounce, you know, um, Justin Lomier taps it down, Adrian Fletcher kicks it out, Brendan Fuster gathers it, kicks it on his left, a bit of a munger, it lands in my lap in the goal square, kick a goal. A couple of minutes later, um, ball comes down and take a sort of bit of a contested mark, the opponent falls over and there we are too. I'm like, how easy is this? Yeah. <laughs> this is simple. Um, I mean, David Neitz actually was playing forward and came down and played on me. Oh, wow. And I'm like, whoa. Yeah. And then I worked out that it's a bit harder to, uh, yeah. to get, yeah. <laughs> to get yeah. a kick. It's funny, I've got a mate called Brennan Fuster and we used to always get into him because this guy's name was spelled. I think he's a, was he a Ruckman as well? Ruckman and Ford, yeah. yeah. He, Fury, our mates, used to, I used to, we used to play PlayStation. <laughs> I used to go Freo and put Fury up he, forward. He had and he probably still does, the most magnificent body, like just ripped, oh, we huge, and he, he could bench like no other. He was incredible, the big buzz. Just unfortunately, ACLs and knees, uh, but uh, yeah. he's a good man. Speaking of gym, what was your, I mean, when I was at Frost, you just did more maintenance because you're obviously yeah. getting, getting a bit older, but <laughs> older and banged up. But um, you would be quite powerful. What was your go-to? Yeah, yeah, well, so when we're doing the Olympic lifting, like squats and, and uh, power, power claims is sort of where I yeah. um, excelled. Um, and probably you know, with his big ass and big legs, yeah, big it probably legs. makes sense. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, bench, because of my shoulders, bench was, was yeah. never a great thing for me. I think, I don't know, sort of 120s or something yeah, like 130s um, yeah. at, at absolute max. But um, yeah, after my shoulder stuff, I just lost lots of, like, you know, I still had enough there, but nowhere yeah. near as much as the early days. So. Yeah. I always ask people because everyone compares their bench and their what were you like what were you in Olympic lifting what were your weights? Uh, so power clean, I think we like maxed out at 130 kegs like, of a power clean. Squatting, I can't really remember. Oh, Would have been like high, yeah twos maybe. I'm just yeah, trying to remember. You'd be up there. I can't. I, it's to be honest, like lifting heavy like that was a long time ago. I can't yeah. really remember the, the actual squat stuff. But yeah, squatting, squatting, cleaning, and deadlifting were kind of my. Go to, yeah, yeah. Well, let's get into it. I think um, this is where I entered the club, but I was, <laughs> I was a- Do you want me to ask you questions? Yeah, what was, <laughs> yeah, what was I like when I rocked up? Um, oh, mate, the energy was awesome. Loved your attitude, but you were, you were a work in progress. Like you, I remember like, you know, you'd roll up tired and like grumpy and you'd roll up, like you're stuffing your face full of toast or whatever it may be. Um, I mean, yeah, pretty similar to most guys when you when you come to a, a club, you're like, oh, you know, what, what do I do? Where do we go? And you know, yeah. where's the action? So, um, but no, you obviously you, know, you dug in in the end. It was a bit. I was a bit of a kid in a candy store, and it was like, fuck, I need to start switching on here because you. At what point did that penny drop? I reckon six months in you, because Lockie and Cam were probably jumping us, and I was the first pick. I was like, yeah. not, and I knew that everyone would say it doesn't matter what pick you go, but. 
I was like, far out, I'm probably a bit too skinny, I'm, 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 I'm a bit fat as well. On a, I couldn't work that out, by the way. That was like, honestly, everything I was doing, I was like, I can't work this out. That, that's was, making news, there's no, um, no skin folds tested. Oh, so there shouldn't be, because I, I think it should be a DEXA, which is a full body scan, because even if, because this, 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 this skin fold test doesn't, you know, the skinny fat man cops it, but I've got no fat on my legs or anything. So when you do a full body DEXA, yeah. you get the percentage. And, so uh, lean muscle, bone density, and fat and fluid and all that kind of stuff is in there so then they then you get that and your score is elite but when you do a skin fold it's it was yeah. really poor when ross come he was huge on it i remember i ran like a i ran the 3k time trial and i think i come fourth or i was right up there yeah. and i used to go hard you know me i used to set the used time to go, yeah and so actually let's dom kind of so because i was always you know middle of the pack i'm <laughs> yeah. doing a 3k but it was you tendai maddie Nick Sammy, Barlow, Sammy Menegola. Sammy and Mick, yeah. Yeah, and I'd always be at the front. I'd go, let's go, boys, come catch me. And I'd, I, I, I cooked it a few times. I went real hard. I remember Ross would pull me aside. I'd go, mate, you see all those PBs? It's because the bunny at the front was getting them going, you know? <laughs> but um, I remember coming fourth, and then I got tapped out of training. He's like, you can't train anymore. You're too fat because the skin folds. I was like, what do you mean, mate? Like, I'm flying. Like, I'm not flying, but I'm, I'm fit. Yeah. <laughs> and that was probably like an eye opener. Like, what is this shit, you know? And that was the kind of discipline stuff. But yeah, six months in, I reckon. I mean, I was so driven to play, but when you're carrying on laughing and you know eating food when you're rocking up and being late, all that perception was getting talked about. I was like, what the fuck is it? Like, and that was the stuff that I learned that how important it is to be on time, yeah. to probably be more professional at the right time, you know, juggling all that. So, um, and like you said, I was so excited. I was just so keen to get around the boys. But I was like, you probably work it out after six months. It's like, all right, let's get let's get into it. My first memory of you. Um, on the field, I still, it was one of the greatest moments and you'll be able to relive this. We played Geelong round one. I was in the stands, Ross Lyon's first game as coach. We just had a huge preseason. Everyone was really excited. It was at Subi. And I'll never forget, I think Scarlett, jumper punches, um, Ballas. We're playing really well. Wasn't a jumper punch? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. It's a full blown jab, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I mean, everyone would want to do that. We love Ballas and everyone Even else. his own teammates. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I still remember, because we were sitting in the pocket and we're down and I remember this ball just comes out and you've just kicked it like soccer off the deck around the corner, fist pumping. Because all, it was right in front of us where we were sitting in the crowd and I was I remember just calling my parents going, this is like, this place loves footy. I couldn't believe it. Do you remember a bit about that game? I remember a lot about that game, yeah. Um, I, that, that whole <clears throat> transformation of um, the club. So we'd been on this journey for, as I said previously, you know, 08, we go to the draft. 09, we go to the draft. Um, 10, we play finals, win a final against Hawthorne at, at Subi. And then, you know, 2011, we're injured, we're banged up. We just missed the finals. I think we lose the last four in a row. We only had to win one of those four. We would have played finals. <clears throat> the club makes the really hard and challenging decision to terminate Mark Harvey and um, at the same time, you know, insert Ross Lyon as senior coach. So, which was huge at the time. Um, it was massive, It was incredible. Like, yeah, Ross walked into this um, so intense um, press conference and, yeah, it was, it was a pretty challenging time. And players, I remember, some players were flat as a tack because they had a great relationship with Harv. Some players were like, this is great for me because I get a new start. And then there's everyone in the middle, right? So, I but I, I still remember, you know, coming home that night when it all blew up and thinking and saying to Lauren, <clears throat> I know this is tough, but I think this will be a good thing for the club. But, you know, I think this is what we need. And 
And so, yeah, it, it was, I guess, the, the culmination of all that hard work from, I think that was September 2011 through to March, you know, game one, round one, Geelong, reigning premiers, like, you know, bring it on. <clears throat> and I think we got out to a flyer. I think we'd kicked, like, five or six goals early and they, they'd come back. And, yeah, I mean, that was sort of late in the game. Um, I was playing forward on, on Tommy Lonigan, who I had lots of battles with um, over, over our career. And sort of somehow created some space. Fifey kicks a tumbler forward. And I remember sort of turning and thinking, oh, this should sit up for me and I'll snap it. But it kind of went on its end. And then, you know, instinct just, just kicked in and I've tried to hack it out of the hack it out of midair. And it, it just, it went like a bullet. Mate, you smoked it. it looked like, I'll get, I'm going to try to find the footage because people probably can't remember if they didn't support forever. But it is like... I'm watching this unfold. I'm like, did that just happen? <laughs> and so, you know, we win that game, get off to a good start. And, you know, we, we play finals that year. We, we played Geelong in the semifinal. And that was my next point. Um, I'm over there in, 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 um, in Melbourne at the MCG. Everyone, no one gave us a chance. Mate, no one. We, again, we smoked them early. We were out to a great start. You sm- I think you kicked, what did you kick, four in the first year? On Three, five. I think, yeah. Did you yeah. five for the game or six for the six game? For the six game. for the game. Yeah. I remember it because I was in, I stayed here. Um, I was in the team and watching it. We had such a good belief in the group. Yeah. That was what I, looking back now, I was like, I used to just rock up, no one would win. And I remember the meet, well, I didn't really look into the media that much, but I just remember like a lot of randoms, like friends, family going, oh, you boys had no chance. I was like, we're a huge chance. Yeah. And uh, that kind of- And then the following week, so we play six day turnaround, play Adelaide over in Adelaide. Um, and again, we are up at three quarter time, a game we probably should have won, you know, going to a prelim against the Hawks. Now. Um, yeah, I think Lou McFarlane was injured that final series. We, if I think back to that period, we never quite, except for 13, we never quite had the continuity of that, of that group together at the right time of year. We unfortunately um, had, it all banged up at various stages. But yeah, that, that, and that year, as you said, gave us great belief to go, righto, like, we've got enough good senior players here, enough good young guys, and you know, some yeah. real great role, role model and, and role players in the middle. We can, um, we, can, we can do something here. Going back a little bit, but when Ross rocked up, because everyone talks about what was Ross like, he was ruthless, like it's just the way it was. Um, what did you find fascinating as skipper, because you're such a great leader and you've got to lead the group and you've got to digest you know, all this new style and technique of Ross's coaching, but it, it, there were some moments there where players, like you said, like you're not training for two weeks, you're not training, even you, I think you got pulled out of training, you're too, you're going to get that skin folds down as a, as a test under 55 or 50 it was. But what, any other, I mean, I mean, there's a few other players that might have copped uh, it, but is there anything else that you, sta- I you remember? Anyone, I don't think anyone got missed. No, nah, no, nah, that's probably what it was like, wasn't it? Yeah. It was like, oh, he's going he's gonna to go the skipper as well. <laughs> well, no, but so I remember, <clears throat> so I'd had hip surgery and maybe, uh, I had some, I'd two lots of surgery. Lauren and I went on a honeymoon to, to the States, could hardly train, <clears throat> came back. Skinny's like 55 or whatever though. Yeah. And yeah, he's like, um, we, we'd met a couple of times. He's like, oh, um, I'm gonna set an example here. We're gonna, yeah, we're gonna put you on ice for a, a week or two until you're below. I was like, oh, okay, right, I like, I've got no other choice here to go grit it and bear it. It's a bit like another story later that, that year when um, he, he cooked me at halftime yeah, against the Gold Coast. Yeah, but. Um, and, you know, you just sort of swallow your pride and swallow your e- ego and, and just get on with it. Um, but, yeah, no, he, he came in with a real, so firm belief in a game plan, um, firm belief in standards and, you know, empowering his, his leaders. 
Um, yeah, I think that Ross will probably reflect back um, and, and he'll, he'll probably think that wavered by the time he'd maybe exited the club. But yeah, I mean, he was, he was so good at identifying trends in the game, identifying what the players needed to know. Um, and he was ruthless, but he didn't miss anyone. He, he'd start, he always say, I'd start at the top. So whether it was your yeah. skipper or your best player or whatever it may be, yeah. he'd nail that person. Um, and then everyone else knew they had to form a nine. So yeah, my favourite, my favourite part, because um, looking back now, it's definitely not how I would do it, but it, it's it's so funny and I'm so grateful for it. I just remember we used to have notepads and we used to review meetings. It was like the review, let's you know, have review yesterday, and you'd be like, so everyone just started to take notepads because it is a lot of information um, to retain. And I just remember, I don't know what year it was, but I remember all the players were on edge. We might have had a loss or something, and. Out of nowhere, he just plucks a coach at the back and goes, review yesterday. And I, and I can't remember who it was. He's had a fucking meltdown. He's like, oh, yep. Um, and he's like, too fucking slow, you. And on to the next one. And all the players just put the pens down and went, how good is this? <laughs> yeah, popcorn, your turn, boys. And I think he gave the coaches a rocket and the players were all like laughing. on the No, but, the, but this is the thing, though. So everyone thinks Ross is a tyrant, but he, he would... He wouldn't discriminate. He would, you know, whether it was the captain, whether it was the best player, whether it was the young first-year player or his own coach. Which you love because politics is huge and it's, it, yeah. it's as a fringe player, it's painful seeing blokes get away with stuff. And then, the, you know, the guys that aren't, aren't as good copying it, it's, it yeah. is a bit painful. Um, but uh, look, times have changed from what I can hear. You know, that's, what's that, 10 years ago, right? 12, yeah, yeah so, so I think... Um, I think there's elements of that that you know, strong accountability still needs to be there yeah. in, in any organisational team. But you know, more of that relationship stuff is, is you need to have both, put it that yeah. way. Yeah. It's more that old school. Um, and then, yeah, the, so 2012, yeah, we, we, we just touched on that. We used to pick on Lockie a lot. I remember Lockie yeah. getting torched a lot. Lockie coughed it a bit. It was, but he could get in games. That's why we were like, because yeah. he used to not complain. We used to go, you know, me, Lockie, Cam, Cross, Sloithy. Um, I hope I haven't missed anyone. We'd go hang out afterwards and Lockie would be like, oh, Forsty. And we'd be hanging out and he'd be like, man, he's fucking ripping me. And we're like, well, you're still playing. We're playing. Yeah. We're playing peel, mate. So I'd I, 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 I cop it, and he's like, but "Bro," and he used to just go in every meeting. And... It just reminded me of a story when Locke and Sloithy were out on a Sunday. Oh, he absolutely stitched Sloithy up. They went in the club on a Sunday, and Ross come in and could smell his smell. breath. And Sloithy's trying to get a game as a rookie, and he goes, "Where have you been?" And he's like, "Oh, just um, was it Sloithy's birthday?" And he's like, "Is it birthday?" Because they're both injured. And he could smell the bourbon on his yeah. tongue and he's like, how many of you had? I think he said like six. Bang. Both of them just copped it. Like, I think they both got I remember it. the next morning, like, um, coming to the leadership group meeting or something and they, the, the boys had to walk in and sit down. <laughs> sit down. And where were you? How long were you out? How many beers you have? How many bourbons you have? Um, I still remember that. So poor Locke was, and slowly, but... Yeah, he threw him under. The- he threw him under and didn't like that. Was what killed him. He's like, oh, I just slipped my tongue and oh, mate, I've had it. Locke reckons he's never had bourbon since. <laughs> <laughs> I thought Ross would respect him for having a bourbon. <laughs> to be honest, um, that's funny. There's so many of them. And then 2013, such a highlight year, especially for me as well. I started. I played my first game at the end of 12, but didn't feel like I, I like I got it, got given it. But I was out of the team the next week. But the next year was when I felt like. Yep. Had a huge preseason, but we we end up going to a grand final. But that road 
that year was incredible um, for me anyway, and, and, and the group, and that's what we touch on, and so that's probably one of my highlights looking back. But what do you what do you remember from that year? I remember, like I said, the belief. I remember, um, I remember how hard we worked on the preseason and how how much the finals the year prior we took into the preseason and um, and how much we backed our defence, like our team defence, and we just kept talking about team defence and then moving the ball, you know, this is just like on turnover, go quick inside and then get it in straight to the big fella one-on-one or whoever else is out. We just started clicking and the group was the same. I felt like our younger guys, me, Cam Cross, um, Lockie, all like, look, as a group, we core group, we're all starting to get a game and um, start, as I said, we just all started, I reckon the group, I was saying the other day as well, as a younger player, and you would see so many come through, but. Like you said, you don't you want you want to be respected, not liked. So the way to do that is to get a game, I, literally. And the, the way you get a game is obviously all the actions to get a game. So when you start playing your game, you start to feel like you belong. It was a real good group, uh, and we we're at Matty DeBoer's wedding the other day. A lot of players I call get shafted. I think the club got rid of way too many good people too quickly, and I reckon it ruined the culture a little bit. That's my opinion. But who who do you mean? Like the blokes like you know Matt DeBoer, Alex Silvani, even like Tender, like Mick, all these blokes that like were like all all these men like after your year of 2016. But all these core group that we called the backboners of leaders that would really drive standards behind. You know, there's like a leadership group, and then there's the the backboners, and then there's everyone just trying to catch on. We lost the whole group in one year. Um, there's probably the end of 2016, right? Yeah, yeah. 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 No, I mean. I'm sure the club looks back at that and goes, oh, that man. was a, a massive mistake. You're right, There's, yeah, the, that group of people, not only because um, we saw them a couple of weeks ago, but they were, they were the backbone. And great they people, were the, man. Yeah, they were the backbone of that group. Um, and they drove lots of standards that, you know, the, there's only so much a captain or a leadership group can do. Um, that, that middle group, that, that backbone that are playing, some Chris Mayne as well left, Mayne is huge. Yeah, all of, all of that. You're right. Sauce, Tendai, Mickey, Ballas, although he, he remained, uh, Maney, um, Tendai, Maddie. Yeah, great people. And for those that don't like, we can talk about now, but you would, we would give votes for leadership. And this is what I would, because Maddie knows he's not the most talented, but Jesus, if you meet the guy and, and see how he goes about it, he is the most impressive human. You would give him five votes for leadership every year. And as a young player listening to that, I was like, wow, wow. The skipper's giving him five, therefore, obviously, like he sees so much in this guy. So, like, when you and then to see the way that he exited, that's what I mean. Like, it's like, why are they doing well, I'm that? I'm just, so, just so happy that he has, like, I, yeah, I just remember how driven and, and motivated and what great leadership skills he had as a 20 year old when he arrived, 19, 20 year old. Um, and I could see that, yeah, he wasn't the best kick and, yeah, he wasn't the most gifted but geez he worked his backside off and he yeah. and he loved his teammates and he yeah. would pump them up yeah. like no tomorrow so all the some of the things that I went I wasn't so good at he was great at so I was like well we need that in our leadership group yeah. um, and I'm just so happy for him to go and you know he's played over 200 AFL games he's a leadership member he's played in two grand finals and he's doing great things off the field so yeah. he in that group um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm so proud to see all those guys flourishing because like, Sauce is doing great stuff off the field now. Mm. A lot of that group are, um, have, have landed on their feet and doing, yeah. doing great. And that's, and, that, and that's back to them. That's the memory, like this the Jay Van Berlo types as well. Yeah. Like just, just great people. And I just remember, yeah, just everyone digging in. It was um, such a selfless group. Our values as a club were, were uh, really, you know, they, they still stick out today because that's the thing that's hard when you are ingrained into the values because we changed them when you left. Like yeah. a little bit and it's yeah. hard to 
remember new values with a similar, like you're in the same club with a similar like, you know, coach and a few players, not the same, because a lot of people left. And then obviously I go to another club, you'll learn another lot of values, but the ones that we had, it's just, I still remember a few of them. And, um, and compromising and resilient. Yeah, yeah, you almost had to remember, because I think, who was the, one of the boys had to come in? Oh, and, we, but we'd, we'd sort of every now and then try to, not catch some I think out. tabs, I think you got tabs. Tabs, yeah. You come in and he, you go, tabs, right, I give us the trademark values. And he fucking had a meh. <laughs> he got stuck on four, couldn't get the fifth one. That's not about. It, it, it all it is is that guys we value these things. It's not about hanging tabs out to dry, although we all give a shit about it now. But um, this is what we value, and you know, we, we're going to hold each other accountable to it. So um, yeah, now that and great, it was a, it, look they're great memories and catching up with. So Luke McFarlane and I are good mates. Obviously, we were the same draft year, and um, yeah, we see them Tom you know, not so regularly anymore, given they've been away. But they're coming back to Perth now, so. Yeah, great, um, great bunch of people. Yeah, it is hard to catch up with everyone. There's so yeah. many. Um, so 2013, uh, yeah, incredible year for the club and the buzz around town. I just remember we used to we used to rock up and win. Like the, literally, we would we get sprays. I remember getting like just it was just like sprays if we didn't execute our game plan, even though we'd won by 30 points. It was just like that first quarter was shit ass or whatever, which was kind of great because that's the standards that you take into the next phase. But Highlights for me, um, the, the, the whole year was a highlight, but the finals, clearly. Um, I remember I got lucky enough because Michael Johnson hurt his calf, so I got put as a sub against Geelong, uh, at Geelong, so that's a highlight. I mean, geez, yeah. that must have been, that was, well, that was just incredible, really. I, I, remember, um, I remember thinking we've been shafted here. Hardcore, like. This is bullshit. Why are we playing a final, the first ever final away from the MCG? First ever final down at Cardinia Park. What's going on here? That was all I was thinking. But I knew we and, and the leadership group, and it's okay, we're just going to have to grin and bear this because if there's any hint of that that gets into the group, then you know, it's going to be hard to win. So yeah. I was like, right, we'll just embrace this, take it on, we'll be fine, let's go and smash these blokes. We've done it before in a final, we'll do it again, yeah. right? Um, and even just like Ross's, the whole, the whole week was, you know, when the Geelong crowd roars, um, all it is is noise. It doesn't mean it's good noise or bad noise, it's just noise. And so use that noise to fuel your belief and fuel your actions and to communicate to your teammates. And that, like, what great psychology and what great sort of use of how we're gonna embrace this challenge. Um, yeah, the, the famous um, Aaron Sandilands punch, Stephen Hill, Lockie right. Neal, and you, and you. It's kind of embarrassing because I'm like kicking at me for like a hundred meters, and you then I'm for like, it. You for I'm it. literally like an airplane, man. I'm like, and then I, at the end I go, well, fuck, what do I do? So I went and put this horrendous shepherd on, and then just celebrate. Oh, the celebration for me was my highlight because I love just getting around the boys, but that that so I, like always pops up. Every, everyone has got a position. So I was down the line. I could actually see it happening in slow motion, like. Yeah. Aaron go up, Lockie's just like stumbling off the field and Stephen sees it before anyone else sees it that he's like, I'm on here yeah. and off he goes. And so I'm like backpedaling, I'm cooked, sort of trying to drag, um, open space open, trying to drag Lonigan away. You're running into his face. <laughs> and then he kicks the goal and we all celebrate. And then the footage, like I'm immediately going to Mickey, Mickey six wing, let's yeah, get an yeah. extra number behind the yeah, ball. Yeah. Um, just to, you know, to hold the lead. Um, but yeah, incredible. I think I took a mark, yeah, I took a mark just on the siren and had the ball in my hands when we won. And that was um, so pleasing. And then, you know, a week off, two weeks off into a prelim here and, you know, smacked Sydney early in that prelim and we're up and 
Yeah. It's sort of like conservation mode because we knew we were going to win that game. Um, crowd was the crowd that night was well. This incredible. is the, I got this is probably one of my funny stories because I don't talk about it too much, but and you might not remember, but you might now if I tell you. So I'm out of the team because Michael Johnson comes back in, but I'm a, uh, but I'm yeah. emergency. And I don't know if you remember, but Chris Main and Krause roll in and Maney's completely cooked his back, picking yeah. up Krause and couldn't walk. Like he's, At the game? Yeah. yeah. And I'm like eating lollies, like I know I'm not playing. I'm kind of just Ging the boys. Like, I was just so excited to be a part of this. I was like, couldn't wait to watch. And I just remember like Maney's like, Maney's seriously in trouble. Tommy, you're going to be, I remember Ross calling us in and goes, the noise is, you know, Maney's back is in trouble. Tommy, you're probably going to play. Put your boots on. You're going to be in. <laughs> and I was like, I probably looking back didn't prepare like I didn't do my mental yeah. reps. I was just kind of like, oh, there's no chance I'm playing. I'm going to enjoy the moment. So I'm like out there doing my ground balls. Like I'm talking, like, I don't know who was coach rolling me all these ground balls. I'm warming up. I'm full sweating. And then Maney's just come like out, and he's all good to go. This is like two minutes before, and then you boys all you did your speech and you went out. And then Ross going close but no cigar son and then like in, I was like yeah yeah fuck it and I, was, I was like looking down like man I could have played like because that was watching from afar yeah. I just remember it was just team defense we literally just smothered them pushed them back and um we dominated that game it was a yeah. complete game that game was all about stoppage dominance and and pressure which yeah. was our bread and defense and which was our bread and butter at that stage um I think from it we, we we started like a house on fire with house stoppage, on fire. Um, but just couldn't maybe we couldn't execute in front of girls. It was a really windy night. We'd had a couple of big storms, um, you know, leading in. But um, yeah, we you know that second quarter, just the pressure and the manic kind of way we played, um, and the crowd was incredible. And then yeah, obviously you yeah, know leading into the the GF, what a great week it was. Um, you know, embraced in tried to embrace it all. I remember sort of thinking though on the Tuesday, I was like. This is great, but I just wouldn't mind a bit of normality. So sort of wrestled with that a little bit that week. Um, and then, you know, the, the, the day itself, we um, start terribly. We're slipping over, missing shots of goal. And, um, I, you know, was it 9-14? I think we kicked in four out yeah. the full. Um, yeah, I remember like the first few quarters. Just to quickly go back before we go to the granny, because oh, yeah. we'll talk about it. But I just remember <clears throat> Shawnee Mack, Alex Silvani and myself, I think maybe someone else is in the car, but we, because I was emergency, we took off. And I remember you guys wouldn't notice because you were doing your ice bars and all that. When we left, we went, um, I think one of the boys were like, let's go for a drive down Frio. So we went down Frio and I've never seen anything like it, mate. We had people jumping on the car. The, I think Sean was like, make sure you, because I was wearing my team kit. He's like, make sure you don't get spotted because yeah. they'll just jump the car. So we're going down, like as you'd go like from Frio Oval down to, like, towards Benny's people on like the whole street packed that you couldn't drive your car through there was like everyone was in purple going crazy and this is two weeks out of the granny because we're into the grand final and i was just like this i almost wanted to wind my window down and just go yeah, yeah. and i just was like wow and then that was the momentum like you said it was just crazy the town was buzzing you couldn't pay for a coffee going anywhere um training like you said what you, as a skipper, how hard was that week? Because there's so much media commitments and expectations. Yeah. How, um, how hard was it? Yeah, I was, there's lots of stuff to do. I don't remember it being overly hard, but it just there was you know, extra extra things to, to tick off during the week. I just remember I remember feeling um, we're we're in this up to our eyeballs, and we we can win. I wouldn't mind a little bit of normality, and it just. Yeah, as much as the club and you, you you do with ticketing and everything else, try to front load the week. It just yeah, the week's a big week, so um, 
Uh, getting to Melbourne was a bit of a, a bit of a saviour in some ways. Yeah. Um, getting out of Perth, but um, yeah, like you know, I, I I still remember at half time where we we kicked a goal and we we hadn't played that well, but we dominated play. And I remember like Ross or maybe even um, Summer or someone said, oh, I think we're we, we're going to play six forwards." And I was like, "Yeah, great idea," because we're getting torched with the plus one. Every time we played the Hawks through <laughs> that period, it's like, let's play six forwards because we're just giving them. They just get that roll off, yeah. Uh, and then they're able to you know, use their kicking game. So, and then we yeah, come out after half time and, and storm back into the game. Um, but unfortunately, yeah, 9 nine fourteen and four and the four doesn't get it done on, on Yeah, we played so well, we just didn't yeah, kick straight, which, which kills us. Um, but an incredible effort to get there. And, yeah. and nonetheless, um, like, like we speak about, the relationships that you, you, the people that help you get there, you know, from, from everyone, like support staff to the people that work there, players and coaches. But yeah, huge highlight. Um, do you remember much after it? <laughs> uh, oh, I remember obviously just being shattered. Yeah. Um, I remember being equally shattered in 15 when we lost the prelim. Yeah, that's still bronze for me, yeah. And I actually, um, it was the first time that I'd cried after an AFL game after that prelim. Yeah. I, you know, I wasn't sure if I was going to play on. I remember um, Terry McCarthy in the third quarter. You know, obviously, we had a bunch of guys limping around, Fife with his leg and... Um, Wush didn't play that game. Luke didn't play, um, and I remember like ah oh, thinking, okay, that might be that might be it. That might be our our, our chance going after losing in thirteen, and then minor premiers winning nine or ten in a row in fifteen, <clears throat> and then um, and then having a home prelim. Um, sort of thinking, oh, yeah, that might be it. Yeah, far out. I didn't think about it like that. Yeah, if you had a, if we had have won that game, would have you played the granny? If you had a talk half? Um, well. I don't know. We would have found a way. I think. Yeah, yeah, we would have. It would have been a, would have been a bizarre week. Because uh, Jono, so Jono in thirteen had a similar thing. He had a similar thing, and I remember um, this is because I, I was emergency, so I did the parade and all that. I was obviously in the squad, but I knew I wasn't playing because I knew there was Jack Hannah, myself, and Alex Silvani. So Sos got the tap because we knew one of us was going to potentially right. come in. We do we need speed? I was like, I'm a big chance if we need some run. If we don't, need a key back. Key back. Sos is in. So. I was warming up and I remember just like putting the, the jumper on because I had the logo of the grand final and like warming up with the ball. All my mates were like, you might, you might be in. I'm like, that. No, no. I was just putting it on for the cameras. But um, I remember Sauce, he was intense because we were like, what's going on here? And it was a real late call. I think John called it with like two minutes to go. And then I think he did end up straining it again in the game. Yeah, and look, uh, you know, uh, who, it's a hypothetical. Who knows what would have happened? But yeah, we would have we would have um, tried our best to get there. Yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah. We, 15, uh, 14 was bizarre. I, I actually had a bit of average in myself, but 14, we like, I think we won. I think we played really well, but we lost two finals in a row. So, you know, Sydney, up in Sydney, um, we actually played reasonable footy uh, in that first prelim, uh, first semi, um, but only went down by a couple of goals. Buddy kicked a couple of really good goals late. And then, yeah, came back here and should have been a long way up against Port Adelaide um, at half time, missed a bunch of goals again. Um, and then they sort of overran us, and then they they ran Hawthorne to two points or whatever. Mm. Yeah, in the prelim. Yeah, um, yeah. Fourteen was yeah. Look, you know, fourteen was a missed opportunity, and then clearly, as we talked about, fifteen. Was yeah, fifteen. I was similar. I was, I was crying my eyes out. I probably didn't realise. I mean, there's a famous like I dropped that mark with a switch kick. I always get in the moors. I'm like, mate, you must put lube or something on that ball because I was actually playing well. But that one, that one moment, which I've I've slipped over, and Cyril's kicked a goal and. To put a bit of uh, extra mayo, Cam's done the same thing after it to exaggerate it, but I just didn't realise how big of a moment that was. 
but we're just the same thing. We missed so many, we missed so many easy ones early. I remember some blokes missed some sitters. Um, but, uh, and that, the one that kills me there, because I, I was, I, I mean, everyone's like, you, you, it's hard to move on because West Coast mm. go to the granny. I'm pretty sure we pump them or we beat them prior. But to go Frio, West Coast, granny, because Hawthorne were the ones to get over. Like Hawthorne won that grand final by like ridiculous amount of points, 10 goals. So we win that game and we go to, to, to Melbourne and play West Coast. I know this town, like whoever wins that game, Whoever loses that game, like, that's it. Like, you'll never be able to live that over. So. Yeah. I look, maybe the footy gods were uh, telling us all something. But, yeah, it's, um, yeah, that, that year in particular. And then, you know, I, I decide late in that pre-season or off-season to, to play again. And I don't regret playing another year because um, I felt like I'd sort of, you know, maintain my form and, and whatever. But, um, yeah, it was, it was a tough year, that one. We'd had a lot of injuries and the club was in a transformational period with both coaches and game style and, and players and and then at the end of that year obviously a lot happened um, not for the good probably in terms of lots of great people leaving the club so yeah a, a bit of a challenging time. Well 16 was a weird year that's what I wrote down because in the middle I remember everything but tough year you did you withdraw from captaincy that year? Yeah I mean I, I'd said to the guys both the leaders and the um, and the coaches look you know even as early as sort of 14, 15, let's work through a transition. Like, you know, I can't do this forever. And there's lots of other guys that potentially we should be looking at. And But, you know, the process at that point was, you know, we'd open slather, you do your vote and, and whatever. But the end of 15, because I was that close to probably pulling the pin, I said, um, look, I'm not going to be captain. I, I, I don't care. No, no, I don't care. I care so much about it. But, yeah, let's, let's tell the guys that, I'm not going to be captain. That that's a decision that's already made, and then we'll do the vote, and then so did yeah. the leadership vote. Um, you know, not much really changed in terms of the, the structure of the team. Barra is the captain, and, and we move forward. But it was a, it was a it was a tough year. tough year, and tough year for Barra as well because he, he gets the captaincy, and even all of us. It was we we just we lost our identity. I, I, I that's how I reflect on it. We brought in two you know Gilly and, and Haley. We brought in the Hawthorne. We tried to copy a bit of Hawthorne, yet we were so. Freo, we should have stuck to our defence. We should have stuck to what we were grinding it out for four years because it might have, you know, I don't know, but we literally... Uh, there were some wrinkles that we needed with our ball movement, but there wasn't... The geez, mean, it, did, it did, went did, even worse. Yeah, yeah, we went from one one thing to the other too quickly. There wasn't a transformation. But, yeah. but I, I mean, that in the end, that year, so that last game um, that we played, we obviously had a tough year, played that last game. Um, Bulldogs, um, who had, a, yeah. had a, a ripping year, and then we... Um, uh, we go out and win that game and I, I still, you know, it, it's one of the, the best memories I have for my career. Sort of first game, last game, um, last game, 30, 30 40,000 people. I saw like grown men and women crying as I was doing my yeah. lap, which yes. it probably, yeah, I didn't appreciate the impact I'd had on a lot of people. Um, um, but yeah, it was a bit of an end of an era for all of us and, um, and loved it. Yeah, well, I remember it as well. What I do remember, I remember the, the big fella was putting it on you to lace out, mate. But it's probably the first time you weren't kicking straight. I remember you at the end of the... I, I went to... I was... I, was all, I mean, I reckon I missed three in the last quarter. Yeah. Um, so far. It's bizarre, because I was at my mate Gav's house. He goes, do you watch footy, man? He's got KO up. And it was Frio plays dogs, your last game. I go, to be honest, I fell out of like, love with the game. I literally was getting dropped from 2016 to, to now. I literally never watched my... I hardly watched my tape, besides what the coach had. Yeah. I didn't really watch much footy, um, especially myself. So I was sitting there watching it and I was like, 
think I had to tag the bont that day and um, yeah, right. did an all right job. But I was on, because I was playing midfield, I was like amongst the, I was like, oh, it's funny watching yourself again. And I was just like, oh, we win this game. It's your last game. And I didn't realize how many, because the crowd's like, ah, oh, and then you'd miss it. But then you get another chance. Yeah, it was so anticlimactic. Oh, like, um, it, was so, it was so funny. I reckon there was three in the last quarter that yeah, would have would have gone off. And I reckon I remember you not far away from one of them, because I was playing on Joel Hamley. Yeah, um, yeah, Hamley was there, yeah. And uh, yeah, anyway. I mean, there's one moment because I remember I can have gone back and just felt this big unit just going bang. I literally got that bang and just taking them hands. And oh, really? <laughs> big Maybe that's straight, the way I remember. You come straight through like from 48. Who the fuck is that? Um, uh, but, anyway, uh, it was yeah. a great memory. And then I reckon it was the first time in a long time that we'd had a beer in the change room. I've got a photo. Oh, I'll share it with you. I sent it to our WhatsApp group the other day because I was um, when we were chatting. I was going through a few memories, but. You adopted the cricket thing and you said, I want to have, you go, I just remember you saying, I want one thing and I want beers in the change rooms, um, which is still ingrained in the culture now, which is great. And I, um, it's, so, it's so good just to have one or two beers yeah. with your teammates. But um, sometimes you don't feel like because you feel sick. But I remember just all of us crowd around. And you should see, the reason I remember it, you should see the talent. Like we, yeah. we, had, we had a lot of young guys, you know, all these blokes that have been, again, they've all left. Oh, Ed, Ed, Lockie. Lockie Weller. Um, and there, but there's just a group of blokes. You would be like, did we all play together? Like it's it's a bizarre, it's it's, a, it's an amazing photo. And um, yeah, it was a great it was a great way to finish because the and the Bulldogs go on and win the premiership yeah. that year. It's like, well, let's see, they they have two weeks off, come back, beat West Coast, and then go on. They that do run, the amazing run from seven. Hawthorne and, and uh, yeah. GWS. Yeah, it's uh, mate. Like I said, 353, 700 goals, and and all the all the individual accolades. But um, yeah, there's so much so much in there. NFL, what is your, what is, so we got a big, big shout out to our sponsors, Cap Z, um, the home of sports fans, Pav, so if you need any jerseys, hats or whatever, but I've only got a few left because I've given a few out, I don't, I don't know if your team's here, who is your, so I'm a, I'm a Giants fan, Giants, Giants, only because um, we got looked after there when I talked about this before in 2011, 2011 we went there, Um, we got big tour and met a few of the guys and so I'm a Giants fan. They won the Super Bowl that year. Wow. They haven't gone in it, near it since. <laughs> so. Yeah, they've been bad. But that, that's when they beat Brady. Yep. With the class, was that the classic catch? Uh, no, that was uh, two, two years prior. Prior. Um, but yeah, they, they still went on one that year. So no, um, I'd probably out of these teams, probably a Green Bay. Um, Take the Green Bay, mate. That's on the house at Cap Z. And our great sponsors here, Rick's Thanks. Eyewear. Got some freshies I told you about. These are the grand, our new I York. Need, I need a big pair from a schnoz. Yeah, we'll give them a try. They're our new ones. Um, the grand, we've, uh, we've done a New York collection and Ooh, nice. it's um, all the streets, all our sunglasses are named after streets in, in Manhattan. But, um, and do we have the footy? We've got to get the big fella to sign. We've got someone special that wants. Are they good? Yeah, they look good, mate. As long as they fit, because I know that Frankie's seven next month, so we'll sign that. Um, what have I? Oh, so let's let's before we go because you got to go now. Post footy, yep. you're very intelligent. Um, what are you doing with yourself? You're obviously doing nine news Fox footy. We're here at Pickstars HQ uh, in Perth, but there's a lot of other things. What have you done with your life yeah, outside well, of footy? So when I, I finished, I'm very proud that I did sort of two university degrees while I was playing, so Bachelor of Science and then an MBA, um, and I wanted to use you know, my brain, I guess, effectively once I'd. I'd retired from the AFL, so got involved with a couple of startups, PMY Group. Um, Paul Yeomans founded that business, and I'm assisting him there. We're sort of an independent tech advisory business, doing stuff around stadiums and precincts. 
Um, that business going really, really well, got offices around the world. And then, yeah, Pickstar with James Begley, again, sort of a similar role, assisting him grow that business. Um, got two global platforms, uh, a marketplace to connect brands and fans with, with talent and also um, a, a talent activation platform for rights holders like the NFL. NFL is a client of ours, so too a bunch of AFL clubs, Cricket Australia, NRL. Uh, they use our platform to, for all their player appearances. Um, so, yeah, um, do that plus the media plus three kids. So yeah, it's life's busy, Very but, busy. Um, but I'm really enjoying uh, my transition out of the game. Yeah, it's epic. You're such a busy man. And um, like Matty DeBoer, you guys are so impressive with what you were doing away from the, the game whilst dominating in the game. Um, what's, uh, what's it like? Nine News is fascinating. How do you find that? There's, before I get these little banter clips up, because I know you've got to run. But Oh, mate, it's, it, it's such a scripted, hard thing. And... Um, like you don't have much room to uh, to do what you want to do. What do you got for us? I've got some funny stories. So like the, the biggest one that we I literally had me in tears. We talked about um, when we go to the barbers sometimes and more so you because you're so well known. But um, the, the story you tell, we always do to the small talk at a barber sometimes yeah. can be annoying. Sometimes it can be great depending on what they're talking about. If they're talking footy, it's a bit like, oh man, I get this all the time. Just can you clip my hair so I can get out of here? But can you just give everyone an insight? This story, man, is so funny. And so, I, um, I, 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 so young, I was a young captain and I um, hated going to the barber because, yeah, the small talk. So I started cutting my own hair, took a big chunk out of the back, so I had to go back to the barber. And it's just around the corner here. And um, Matty DeBoer and his family always used to go to this place. So, yeah, sort of a well-known, it was a lot of footy talk. Got there one day and was waiting my turn, you know, old school sort of barber got into this chair and it wasn't the guy that I normally had was a female and I was like oh she's gonna just chew my ear off here but no nah, this is great just straight into it all business no chat at all about um about footy and we've just she's just finishing the last touches of this haircut and Carl the owner comes over and goes oh gee Maddie DeBoer's playing great footy go the Dockers and she sort of stopped mid-snip like looked at me in the mirror and she was like who who's he talking about and I said oh Maddie DeBoer Wanted to keep the answers. Yeah, the yeah, 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 yeah. And she goes, "Oh, um, does he play football?" And I said, "Yeah, yeah, he does." <laughs> <laughs> and she, she goes, "Oh, do you play football?" And I was like, "Oh, yeah, I, I do." And she goes, "Oh, who do you guys play for?" And I said, "Oh, well, Freo." She said, oh, "Is that right? Because I'm related to that Matt Pavlich." <laughs> I started, I went bright red, I started to sweat, I'm like, there's blokes behind people you. start laughing and giggling and I'm like, how am I going to, I was like, oh, um, yeah, how are you related? I, I was, and she said, oh, yeah, we're long lost relatives from Croatia and I didn't want to tell her I'm probably more Irish and Scottish than I am Croatian. And so it started getting a bit awkward and the guy comes over and goes, oh, you realise this is Matthew? <laughs> And so she starts. <laughs> the poor girl's probably been dining out in this story for years, and then I'm finally in her chair. So, um, no, very, very awkward. Oh, mate, I've so never been back. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny, man. I can just imagine, like, you're trying to shut it down, you're trying to help her, and she's walk digging herself. Into it. That is so good. What about the alter ego, one of Luke McFarlane? Ask him about Mav. Mav Why yeah. Mav? So we've got Pav and we've got Mav. Uh, well, and my mates say there's a sab as well. So, you know, when, when you lost a game and you're, in, you're injured and sore, there was sab, which is sad, Pav. Yeah. Um, Pav's just, yeah, sort of standard. And then Mav was, I don't know, 
I, I think, you know, out and about, having a few beers on the D floor with the lads, just having fun. Um, that was Mav. Yeah. yeah, younger younger Mav. Probably younger version. Saw a bit of Mav, Mav the other week, which is great. Yeah. Jeez, it was a good time. <laughs> love Mav. We love Mav when he comes out. Um, also, there's a story, uh, sorry, Wish was saying that, asking about the time we are in London, I think it was, after a uh, game where he was riding a rickshaw down the streets of London. <laughs> Ask you about that one. I was like, I so this is the problem with Luke McFarlane, who doesn't drink. Like he remembers all these things, and and uh, he can point out our um, our failures. Um, yeah. I had to Google what Rickshaw was. I didn't know what I knew. It's a restaurant in Gold Coast, but so we played played Collingwood at the Oval in you know one of those exhibition games, beating them, and uh, we're out on the tear having a great time with the poison and all the staff and everyone was there, and we leave in this nightclub and we're like, oh geez, there's no cabs. How are we going to get home? And um, a couple of rickshaws, the, the, the bikes. So we jump in the back. Um, I think it was Woosh and I, and I can't remember, maybe, maybe Big S and someone else is in the other one. And it's like, right, we're having a race, like back to the hotel, let's have a race. We're going to put some pound on this thing to get back. And so we're losing, right? We're like, lo- nah, mate, get off. <laughs> I jump on and just start pedaling and trying to catch the other guys. I think we sort of, you know, somehow sneak through a red light and oh, end up yeah, winning yeah. this race. But uh, oh, so you won? Yeah, we won. That's great. That is great leadership. Oh, <laughs> mate, that is so funny. That is so good. Um, oh, I think there's a few. There's plenty more, but I know you've got to go, and I, I really appreciate your time. Quick questions, like Fremantle or Coburn? Freo. And should they go back to Freo, and when will it happen if they did? Oh, uh, the only, you, you need a precinct big enough. Like If they can get that um, area at the back yeah. where the... Um, is it, was it the Riley Centre? Um, Stan Riley, was it? Yeah, or, yeah. Um, yeah no, Freo's great. That's, and, and I understand the reasons why they made that decision. There's a bigger, bigger space, but yeah, Freo over was... That was home for me for seven, eight years. Yeah. Biggest memory. You have to give me one. I know there's so many, but one highlight, you just go boom. Oh, the, the last game. Yeah, last, last game. game, winning that was... Um, and being a part of that, that team. To, to struggle that year and, and get there, that was pretty cool. Yeah. Is there any aspirations to go back and coach Fremantle? Not coach, no, no, I don't want to coach. Um, I'd be happy to look at sort of admin positions mm-hmm. later down the, um, or governance positions, but yeah, I feel when you're captain for such a long time, um, there's a lot of pressure and a lot of expectation on that role, and the coach is you know, even higher above that. So I don't, I don't feel like putting myself and my family through that. Yeah, no, great call, completely get that. Hardest player you've played on? Oh, uh, so many hard ones because I played back forward and um, James Herb was pretty good. He, well, he's my favourite Herdy. Um, love Herdy. And who um, who is the greatest player you've played with? Oh, there's a few. It's hard, isn't it? Look, yeah, the three that I probably played the most with: David Mundy, Luke McFarlane, Aaron Sandlands. I'd find it hard to split Jeez, those big, three. Big, the big four, you four. That's our leadership group, right? They would imagine more in there. Look, that's all I've got, mate. I mean, I've got plenty more, but I know you've got to go. You're a busy man. Um, you know, welcome to the Oz American Sports Club, Oz American Aces Sports Club. Uh, thank you for coming on Tommy Talks. It's, uh, it's so good to have this chat and share it with everyone. It's a, an amazing career. And um, yeah, mate, thanks for coming on. And I uh, look forward to another beer soon and getting Matt back out. <laughs> <laughs> look forward to it, Tommy. Thanks, mate. Thanks, mate. Appreciate it. There it is, the big Mav Pav, sometimes Sav. Really, Sav, because he's always up and about, the big Maverick. Thank you so much for coming on the show, big fella. I can't wait for everyone's reactions, especially off the back of a couple of those little stories that you would never have heard of before. I hope Lockie Neal's listening because he will be losing his mind 
Oh, the king of the Jim Beam back in 2012, I think it was. Uh, what a funny memory that one was. But plenty of great stories and plenty to come. Pav, thanks again for joining us on Tommy Talks. To everyone listening, cannot thank you enough for your support. Really appreciate the feedback. Keep filtering it in because that's what it's all about. Um, to the major sponsors in Rick's Eyewear and Cap Z, I can't thank you guys enough for your support. For anyone out there that needs a pair of sunnies this summer, make sure you head online to Rick's Eyewear right now because they've just dropped their New York collection. Cracking styles for girls and guys. Uh, happy wife, happy life. So if you uh, need to buy your partner uh, a pair of sunnies, there's nowhere else to look. Make sure you drop the uh, Aces discount code for 20% off, which is Aces, obviously. And you'll get free express shipping. And then to Cap Z, sports heating up. Summer's out. Sun's out. Gun's out. Get yourself some NBA kit. They've just released all the new stuff. NFL's halfway. Get a jersey. I just picked up two. They're unbelievable. Same thing. Drop Aces at checkout and treat yourself. All right, guys. That's it. I'm really excited to drop episode seven next week. I've got a huge guest. I've got someone that played NFL for eight years. Went to a Super Bowl, had a reality TV series about him and his missus. I cannot wait to release this one. It's coming soon. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss this because it's going to break. It's just going to break the net. The 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 in-depth questions I ask, um, I'll just tell you now. It's Eric Decker, and he is a former Broncos, New York Jets, and Tennessee Titans wide receiver. And I just can't wait to drop it because he's a good man and we've got some great stories. So take care, enjoy, look after yourself, keep smiling, and the big train will be back soon. And by big, he ain't big. He's looking very lean and skinny at the moment. So back to the gym for me. Good on you guys.